Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio.
in. I want to welcome everyone to another episode on this Blog Talk platform. This is the Five Smooth Stone Network. How's everybody doing tonight? Hopefully, everybody is blessed and highly favored. As the songs say, I know who I am. Folks, we got to know who we are. we got to know who we are and not who they say we are. Uh, we're going to talk about that they say, okay? Uh, it's only one standard, folks. It's only one standard. And uh, I just thank the Father for revealing all of this to me uh, and to you, some of you. And uh, uh, answer that. So, folks, again, tonight, what do we have tonight? Tonight, tonight, we're doing a uh, something that's very extraordinary, folks. Uh, you just can't find. Um, um, no, it's just, it's just this. Uh, you can't find this information. You're going to hear it tonight. I don't boast in myself because it's not my information. It really isn't. There's some things I do as a man, some things I create as a man, uh, I take credit for that. But when something given to me, like in the spirit or in a dream or something like that, and I do it and and people make over it or people uh, are blessed by it, uh, I can't take credit for that. So white supremacy is one of those things I simply cannot take credit for. As far as the Father revealing uh, what it is, what it's not, uh, how it's um, the ills of it, evilness of it, all that it is, all that it is, I credit the Most High. And you'll see what I mean later on. You'll know that there's no way some little old boy from Butler House is going to be able to explain this in a way uh, that baffles civil rights leaders and, 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 and scientists, social scientists, uh, for years and years and years. I just cannot take credit for it because it's simply not my stuff. It's not. So it's one reason I'm doing a book online, live. Never heard of anybody doing such. Some people may say, you're crazy. Why would you put that information out there if somebody come right behind you, take the information, write the book, and you be looking stupid? Well, first of all, let me sip that little coffee there. First of all, it's not my information. I know copyright, there's some wisdom in copywriting things for political, I mean, for monetary reasons and all that. And maybe I'll look into that. I know maybe I will look into that when it's time. But, folks, it's not my information. No, really, it's not my information. So I feel like if somebody wants to say what I'm saying, put it in a book, and bless other people, because it's definitely going to liberate. I'm so much for it because I believe that the Father will honor my steps. The Father will honor my steps, and he will make sure that I get my due. He will make sure I get my blessing. He will make sure I get my place in this world. So this information, if somebody want to talk about it, publish it, I don't care because I'm not giving all of the book. I'm not crazy, folks. I'm not going to say all of them. This is only some chapters that's going to be online where we're inviting the uh, co-host to chime in, listen in, and be a part of this instead of me and Arlene doing this uh, in the background where nobody can hear us. We figure we'd open it up to the public, uh, 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 up to the public, and to uh, that means the co-hosts as well as callers 
uh, to chime in when we take our break. What is we? What would I mean by break? What we'll do, brothers and sisters, just giving y'all the rules of engagement. We'll go for like 15 minutes after this intro. After the intro, give us about 15 minutes from now, uh, 10 minutes from now, really, because we just played a song that was about five minutes. So about 15 after, we're gonna uh, start the timer. We're gonna put ourselves on a timer. Yes, and Brother Seth's going to put himself on a timer. How about that? So I'm putting myself on about a 15-minute timer. And uh, what will happen is after that timer goes off, we're going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to allow our co-hosts to chime in. If they have anything, they may not have anything. And uh, we just asking the co-hosts. It depends on how many show up. The less show up, the more they can talk. The, the more show up, the less they can talk. So uh, right now I do see uh, – uh, I do see a couple of them, so I'm expecting maybe maybe a couple more. We'll see. But uh, that's how we'll do it. They, the co-hosts will be able to weigh in. I know we've had shows lately where they haven't been able to share much, but tonight you're going to hear from the co-hosts uh, as regards to this book and as regards to what we say in each session. So, again, um, that's what's coming your way, brothers and sisters, the online book, uh, The Systemic lies of white supremacy are our world's ruling religion it's our world's ruling religion okay it really is it really is isn't that something how can a philosophy dominate like it does the way white supremacy does we're going to talk about that and you're going to find out brothers and sisters that the father's behind all this when people are disobedient there's no protection he promised to protect those of us that seek him, but when we seek other gods, we are in the hands of the enemy. And Satan, this is one of Satan's tools, this philosophy of white supremacy uh, that uh, once believed people become very, 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 very destructive. And it, it's not just white people. That's the thing that this book is pointing out more than anything. It's not taking white people off the hook for sure. I say it's not taking so-called white people off the hook for sure. Because <laughs> some of y'all say, oh, you're trying to give them a pass. No, 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 not on this show. Definitely not giving white people a pass. But what we're also not doing is we're not giving so-called black people a pass because this is a philosophy and it can be believed by anyone. Let me just go ahead and read the show's description. And uh, as I, the more I share, the more clearer to get, I think. So here's the show's description, which may help a little bit. Again, the title of the book that we're writing tonight. We're writing it tonight. It's already been wrote a lot of it. I mean, well, not a lot of it, some of it. But uh, it's definitely going to be some things said tonight on the show. And as we speak, these words will go into print. We have a transcriber listening. I asked him, did he want to come on and introduce himself in his business? He says, no, I just want to be in the background, Brother Seth. Been listening to you. He's been listening since 2012, I think he said. And he just wanted to just be in the background, and he's going to transcribe what is said tonight. You literally will hear the corrections. I mean, if I say we is, you hear me say edit that. Uh, I meant to say we are. So we won't be too much of that because I don't want to bore y'all with the with that with that. So with the semantics. So brothers and sisters. Tonight is no joke. This is no fake phony. We're literally writing this book before your ears. When the co-hosts come on after the break, after each end of each session, which will be about 15 minutes, they'll their comments will not be a part of the book. They'll just pretty much just share what they glean from what I just said. Okay, and uh, 
so we'll just take that handle it like that all right uh, uh i wouldn't i think i wouldn't think it's wise they can suggest something uh, that's okay if they want to brother says i like what you just said you might want one another they can do that but this is not a time to really to critique the book and try to give me a rewrite what i just said it's not wise but it's okay to comment about what you just heard, and if you think I left something out, it's okay. Just just be respectful. Arlene is in the house, uh, and uh, as a matter of fact, let me bring her on. I wanted to say hello to the people before I get too far into uh, to all of this. So let me just see see if I can open up her line. And so Eric Code, well, never mind Eric Code. Uh, before I bring on, let me just say this: Arlene has been with me from the beginning of this book. Uh, helping me with just all types of gram, 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 grammatical errors and just helping me with just book writing as a as a, I think she's a better writer than I am and so but not more importantly than writing the book is living the life uh, going through this journey of white supremacy being uh, discovering white supremacy in each of us uh, discovering how uh, really truly we are white people. As much as we may hate, there's nothing wrong with being white people or being so-called white, so long as this this standard or this uh, this whatever you want to call it is a godly thing. If it's a godly thing to be white, let's all be white. End of story. Nice show. Thanks for tuning in. That's if being white is a godly thing. But being white, uh, uh, white people are some of them are godly, some of them are ungodly. All right, but just to be white in and of itself, that's not a standard that the Father put in the earth. So just because white people say something or do something, that's not necessarily a godly standard. So this is where we need to rebuke, reprove, run from, flee the concept, the notion, in print or in the mind or in, 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 in verbally, any notion that whites, so-called whites, are superior to blacks, or really that so-called blacks are superior to whites, okay? So, again, uh, I'm going to bring on Arlene, and then we're going to read the show's description. And so let's just see if we can bring on real quick. Okay, Arlene, your line is now open. Go ahead and say hello to the people. Hello. How is everybody doing tonight? Really good. Okay, I haven't brought great. on the co-host yet. I haven't brought on the co-host yet, but go ahead. I'd like to welcome to everybody in the Five Smooth Stone family uh, and group of friends. Um, it's a it's an honor to be here. I will be a reader tonight. I'll be reading just a few pages uh, to get Seth started. Uh, but it's kind of exciting to be a part of something that's like a premier event, which is someone actually. Uh, verbalizing a book, and this is a book that Seth has been carrying in his spiritual belly for about 20 years, and so there's a lot that he needs to say, a lot that he needs to get out, and thank God I'll get an opportunity to do that. So uh, I am here, as I said, a reader. You heard him say he has an official scribe that's going to be writing it down, so this is history in the making. Uh, I believe this will be a phenomenal uh, representation of the revelation God has given him, and it will be able to be shared with many people where they will be able to sit in their own homes and read and by the Holy Spirit get revelation of what actually has happened to them subliminally for years. 
And so I just thank God that, and Yah, I'm trying to be politically correct, that um, he's finally getting this out. So, again, welcome, everybody. I'm glad to be here. Appreciate that, Arlene. And uh, until we get it ringing, I guess I can leave your line open. But listen, brothers and sisters, this is our show description for tonight. Uh, Go something like this. It's happening Tuesday night. Darling and Brother Seth invite the public and co-hosts to the making of the of Seth's upcoming book, The Systemic Lies of White Supremacy or Our World's Ruling Religion. This is the first of a series on Tuesday nights. Okay? The system of white supremacy is one of the most successful tools of the enemy. While many are waking up and resisting the notion that so-called whites are superior in any way in thought, speech, or behavior, millions are oblivious, serving, and giving their strength to this idolatry. And that's what we're trying to say tonight. This notion that whites are superior in any way, the way they do anything, 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 brothers, their neighborhoods, their this, their that, their this, their that, just because they're white, I'm talking about. Now, you can have a nice neighborhood, and I'm not silly now. If you, you know, you got a lot of money and you ain't able to buy security, all that, you may drive through some all-white neighbors and they're up better and the trash is kept up, but it's not because they're white. It's oftentimes because people are serving them in a way that they're not serving those other communities. And so you drive by there and you're in your big, nice homes, and you don't see trash in the street and all that. And so you say, oh, this is a better neighborhood. Ooh, I want to live with these white people. It's better. There is a such thing as no trash being better than trash. But there are black neighborhoods where if the trash man would just simply do what the trash man do in the white neighborhoods, it would be just as nice. So they're not better because they're white. They're better because the trash men do their job in the neighborhood because they don't want to lose their jobs or something because those people complain. They can, you know, they can really cause problems with their money and their clout and their position. But just things better because it's white. This right here is serious. So I want to go ahead and have Arlene to come back on and read the uh, table of contents. But before I do, again, I want to thank everybody for turning to the Fossil Zone Network. This is Brother Seth, the creator of the Fossil Zone Network. I have on co-hosts in the house. I'm going to come to them, though, after the session for time's sake. I just want to just remind everybody to follow us. It's very important you follow us so we can have a bigger presence on the net. Y'all know how y'all do when y'all go listen to blogs. You do look at the numbers and how big they are and how many people are following them. Y'all know y'all do that. So those of you that have been really enjoying these shows since 2011, go ahead and follow us. Come on, y'all. Follow us. Follow us. And, again, we're going to go to the co-host after we have done our thing here. We're going to go for 15 minutes. So this is a little different. Normally I bring them on they say hello. But I'm going to just wait. So, Coast, if you can just hold on a second, we're going to come to you. All right, so uh, I want to talk about the need really quickly, really quickly. We're, we're going to hit it a little bit more in the book, but I just want to talk about the need right now to deal with white supremacy because some of you are listening to this show, and you don't listen to this show because maybe Arlene is on or maybe you just want to you just have, have nothing to do with you, board, and you really don't think you're a white supremacist. So I'm going to make some, some statements now that may be offensive to you, and uh, but I promise you, if you keep listening, 
uh, you will find out, dang, this brother, he's right. The statement is this. If you're born in America, raised in America, got your degree in America, got your Ph.D. in America, your master's in America, you've never really went outside the country for learning. You never really, really went outside of the country for seeing another way of life. You don't do much studying of other groups of people, how they thought, their concept of God, their concept of life, their concept of death, their concept of who, how they see themselves, how they how they do business. If you never live in another country, you can sometimes accomplish that darn near living in the United States by educating yourself. If you haven't done that, you are practicing white supremacy. It's impossible for you not to be practicing white supremacy. Now, if you're one of those persons that is born again and you're really, really listening to the Holy Spirit and you're led to the Holy Spirit, you can't escape. And I think I'm going to come to the co-hosts here after I make this statement because I don't want them on too long without commenting. So be prepared, co-hosts, to give about a minute. Then we're going to do a go 15 minutes and we're going to let you talk or share for more like three or four minutes. So, again, most Americans are white supremacists. What I mean when I say they're white supremacists, they're practicing this germ, this, 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 this philosophy, this evil, this pure evil. They are doing it. They're practicing it. When they think, when ain't nobody around, they're acting out this 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 philosophy of Satan. We gotta quit saying white people invented this and white people white people are not the author of white supremacy. I just refuse to give them this credit. It's too evil. It's just too evil. I've seen white people, I've been up close to white people and they're not devils. We gotta quit saying that. If they're raised with a certain mindset or certain teaching, they can act like devils. And I do believe that a lot of our so-called white people, their families, have been raised like devils, taught devilish things. And when they grow up, that's why they can hang a black man and sit up and put it on a postcard and all the, the just the horrible things they've done to so-called black people because they actually believe we are their property. And that's what you do to property. They do things uncomprehendable that no other people have done. See, there I go. It's not true that no other people have done because black people have done things to black people just as worse all over Africa and India and everywhere else. That's not true. But I, I do think that I do think that whites have taken it to another level, but it's just pure evil that's all it is, brothers and sisters. The more power you got, the more evil you can do. And sometimes the only reason why there hasn't been a King Leopold that's black is because of the money and the clout. Uh, King Leopold had a governments behind him when he did uh, the killing of a million uh, Africans. So some say, oh, we we never done what, what King Leopold did. No, we had some people that, that done very similar. Evil is just evil. You just, if you have more power, you can do more evil. So tonight, I, again, just want to hit this, and then I'm coming to your co-host. The need. Brother Seth, why are you on here talking about white supremacy? It is a very uncomfortable topic. It is very distasteful. My wife really don't like talking about it, to be honest with y'all. She don't. 
or she'll like hitting it for just a little bit, and then that's it. It's too much. It's too ugly. It's too evil. It's too. It's it's in the bowels of hell. That one person would think they're better than another person. Just the, all the kinds of behavior that comes out of a person that will accept the philosophy that they're better than the next person. It is you're going to do all kinds of things to those people if you actually believe that. And there's a lot of our white brothers and sisters that have bought into that lie and taught that lie, and so they handle black people just like animals, just like just like real live animals. Matter of fact, some of them treat their animals better than they treat black people. So this is what I mean by they're raised like devils. And so later on, those outside looking at them say, these people are evil. These people are devils. And then just as sure as you say that you run across a white person that does something just just, just as so human, you can't take your, you can't overlook it. And you're saying, what, what about them? They're, they're completely different, different spirit, right? They wasn't raised like that. In the Tulsa riots, there were stories about when the blacks were ran out of town after they burned everything down, they came back. There was all kind of whites standing in their doors watching all these masses of people come back, and they was crying a lot of them. Not all of them. Not all of them. But a lot of them was crying very a lot of a lot of whites over time have been afraid to step up for blacks because they'll be persecuted. They can be, you know, uh, we've seen it. A lot of wives, a lot of women, and a lot of men, a lot of spouses may, okay, for instance, I remember seeing a movie, I know Hollywood is fake and phony, but it's based on true documents. I remember many times uh, where, uh, and I'm coming to y'all, just got to say this, I'm establishing the need, because some people feel like, why are you talking about this? It's not related to me. I'm just listening because I like you, brother. But this time, I promise to, to the Most High Yah. When I get done talking, you're going to say, this is me. Oh, my God. I guarantee you're going to say these words. I never saw it like that. Because that's what Arlene said. I never saw it like that, Seth. I never thought that I could be a white supremacist. White people are no more white supremacists than black people. I promise you. If this book doesn't do anything, it will nail this down. We all are guilty. So when you see a white young boy going to a place to shoot up everybody, just know we're all guilty of this thing. He just is immature with the information. But back to what I was saying. Back to what I was saying. And I'm coming to you, co-host, again. I'm establishing the need. I'm establishing the need. And I forget my train of thought, y'all. There's so much going on here. But let's do this. I'll come back to that. Again, folks, do not think it does has nothing to do with you because you're black and because you got your black card and because you're part of the Black Panther Party or because you're part of NAACP or because you're part of SCLC or because you do marches or because you don't like them crackers. No way. Just because you hate whites don't exclude you from being white supremacists. That's probably why you hate them because deep inside you think they're better. Now, I'm not trying to – I'm not – again, we're establishing the need here for those of you to say – you know, you're going on and on and on. All of this is needed because if I can't show the listeners, the callers, those that's tapping into this show in the future, the need, people say, well, why am I going to listen to this show? Because it does sound just for white people. And some of you only tune in tonight because you want to yes, yeah, Seth, get on them, get on them. That's why you tune in. Well, that's not the kind of show this is. The show is to show, the book is to share with the listeners and the readers Americans are white supremacists. 
that foreigners are white supremacists, that Africans are white supremacists. Skin bleaching is huge in Africa. It ain't just the bleaching of the skin, it's the bleaching of their culture. People are buying into the philosophy of white supremacy. People are feeling like it's better to date whites than blacks. It's okay to date whites. I'm not against interracial dating or so-called, if I can say such things as interracial, we don't, this book and myself and this network does not believe that, uh, ascribe to the notion that whites are people based upon a color. But folks, again, I'm establishing a need. Yes, I'm taking my time tonight. I'm not going to rush through this. You listening to me, there's a good chance. Matter of fact, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you are practicing white supremacy. I guarantee you. It, I've never met a black person that didn't practice white supremacy. I said I've never met a black person that didn't practice white supremacy. I said I've never met a black person that didn't practice white supremacy. From my mother to my father to my brother to my sister to myself to my wife to my children, we all take parts in practicing philosophies, doctrines, practices of whites being better in some kind of way, even if you're saying America's better. That's white supremacy. If you're thinking Harvard and a lot of white institutions is better, that's white supremacy. Harvard is better, but it's not because of white people. Harvard goes out and gets some of the brightest minds in the world and they're from all over the country, all over the world, and they put these people in their universities. And so Harvard is what Harvard is because of the contribution of non-white people as well. There's nothing all white that's superior just because it's white. From a neighborhood to business, any kind of way, is nothing you can say, brothers and sisters, with words that will convince me or that, well, more not even convincing me, that just going to make sense in saying that whites are superior in the way they do things. If they apply themselves to education, of course they're going to be superior in, in knowledge and, and information. But that can be learned by anybody. I want we're, we're attacking the notion that because people are white, they can do it better. Just because of their white skin. That's what we're talking about tonight. Again, beliefs, speech, thought of whites being better in any remote way, any way, in their institutions, in their countries, anything to label that they've built is superior just because it's white. That's foolishness. Let's go to the phone lines. Um, first, I want to bring on Brother John Clark. I'll see him in the house. Uh, I don't know how much time, Brother John, because he sometimes works while he listens to the show. But, Brother John, your line is open. Go ahead and say hello to the people if you're available. Hey, everybody. I want to say give a shout-out to Sister Arlene. Good to hear you speaking on the show again. And just like you said, Seth, I don't have much to say. This is one of those topics that we've discussed ad nauseum. And so I'm just kind of listening in. Um, Good luck with your book, and I'm out. Okay, so Charlie, I want to say something to you. Hey, John, thank you. It's a pleasure to hear your voice as well. <laughs> thank you. Bye. <laughs> okay, Brother John is in the house listening in, and Brother Kenwin Casselberry, your line is also open. Go ahead and say hello to the people, please. Shalom, shalom, family. Uh, congratulations on the book. 
And uh, I'm looking forward and uh, hearing you out, man, hearing your point of view. And uh, all right, I'm happy to be here, man. Okay, and it's Brother Kenwin Castleberry again. I want to thank him for also being in the house tonight. And uh, that's going to be our co-host for tonight. Uh, Some others may come on a little later. I remember these shows are recorded, so a lot of them will probably listen in the archives. Brothers and sisters, listen, I just want to say this to you. Thank you for your time tonight. I really appreciate it, all right? Um, if you listen to Archive, uh, 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 thank you for uh, uh, listening to this book. And be prayerful about it. Uh, pray and ask the Father, Father, is this thing in me? Is this lie in me? Are these lies in me? Do I practice, you know, I'm, uh, you know. Um, I'll share this and then, I'm, uh, and I'll bring on Arlene to, read, uh, to do the reading she's going to be doing tonight. Um, Arlene, when I first met, um, <laughs> she's looking at me like she know where I'm going with this. A lot of times we feel like, and I'm only sharing this. Uh, she don't mind. I'm sure she's just shocked that I'm bringing it up. But when I first met Arlene, our son, her son, she had a, a young uh, uh, son. His name, what well, doesn't matter. His name, Arlene's son, uh, new to me. Uh, when I would see him and ask him, uh. What do you want to do with your life? He would say, and I'll mention his name because everybody knows Kenny. Look, Kenny would say, I want to be a white doctor. I'm just letting y'all know how we all started so y'all have an idea of what's going on. Arlene's son would say, I want to be a white doctor. He didn't say, I want to be a doctor. Kenny would say, I want to be a white doctor. And Arlene didn't think enough. I said, Arlene, that's not good. And she said, no, it's okay. It's just a kid. He don't mean no harm. He don't know all of you. He don't know none of this stuff, Seth. And so what I did, I said, let's do the doll test with Kenny. Now, we didn't have any dolls where you get a black doll and a white doll and say, which doll do you prefer? We didn't have all that. So we used books. So what I did, and I and I, and I recommend you do this to your grandchildren and children, uh, and just to see if I'm right. But don't be shocked if it backfires and you wind up with what they're doing what Arlene did. So Arlene, we get a magazine with blacks and whites in it. And I specifically, specifically pointed out black men that were dressed up in ties, businessmen. And then I also found white guys, but I wanted to find some white men that was doing construction work or look kind of rough or look kind of, uh, I don't know what word I don't know how to say it, but you know people that just look you know like suspect. You know what I'm saying? Something about people in ties. You know how we see a lot of y'all see them um, office men. So I said to him, Kenny, which one of these guys is a thief? Steals. Uh, he's a liar. He does things wrong. And I pointed the white guy and I pointed the black guy. Which one of them? Kenny pointed to the black guy in the tie. So I go to a different part of the magazine. I find another black guy, very nice looking, um, smiling even. And I find another black, white guy looking mean or dressed really suspect or, you know, clothes look raggedy, just just, just some suspect looking white guy. And I say, Kenny, which one of these guys you have to be careful because they'll do this to you? I was just making up just all types of things I was thinking of evil. Kenny kept picking the black guy. Arlene looking on. So then I get an all-white magazine where Kenny have to pick a white guy. So I said, Kenny, I picked two white guys out. Which one of these white guys, which one of these guys, I said, is a bad guy? 
and and I start talking about different things that they do. Same thing I did with the other magazine. Kenny had to pick a white guy, so now he's used to picking a white guy because he had to. There was nothing else in the book. Then I went back to another magazine, and I start showing Kenny black men dressed up, very sharp, and I say, did the same thing I did in the beginning. He started picking a black guy. Uh, yeah, he said, which one is smarter? And I thought I say I asked Kenny, which one is smarter? All he just reminded me. I said, which one is you know brilliant? And he kept picking. He would pick the white guy over the black guy every time. So after we did that, Arlene cried. She was shocked. It was almost like she didn't know who this kid was living in our house. And I told her, Arlene, you and I say I, I, I don't feel bad. This is the state of young black. Children, it ain't just yours. A lot of them will do the same thing. That black doll test, it's just a litmus test to where a lot of our people are at, brothers and sisters. It's just, this is where we're at. Now, what Brother Seth do with this book and what he's been doing all his life, I've been doing litmus tests or tests on grown-ups. You know, when I first met Arlene, <laughs> Arlene used to talk a certain way, and I'll, <laughs> she laughed. At, she used to talk a certain way. She's a very beautiful woman. And uh, I'm opening up a line. <laughs> I have my way. Okay, uh, just so she won't ring. Hold on. Okay, I'm going to mute her just because we don't have no ring because she's close to me. But when I met Arlene, Arlene was a very pretty girl, but Arlene used to talk nasal. And I tried to explain to her, Arlene, why do you talk like that? I'm not trying to change you necessarily, but why do you talk like that? Now, brothers and sisters, there is a such thing as talking proper and improper. That is not what I'm talking about. Why do you have to go to English class, too? But when you see a black person, when you close your eyes, it sounds like a white person. That's what I'm talking about. Now, if, they, if they're raised in Nebraska somewhere where it's all white, you can't fault them. That's just something naturally not trying to necessarily be white. That's just how they talk. So I'm not harassing people. I'm talking about somebody raised in a black Detroit, Atlanta somewhere, and they sound like they was raised in Nebraska, and you asking, and y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all aunts and uncles do that. They have these two voices. They say, well, I have a business voice and a, a at-home voice. That mess is a sickness. That's a sickness. Arlene wants to chime in on that. Um, so let, let's open up her line. Go ahead, Arlene. I just, I just want to say real quick, you know, he's really telling all my business. But it's okay, you know, for the sake of growth for everybody. <laughs> but uh, but I would like to say this: I haven't, I had an aunt, she's passed, but she had a PhD in social. Um, it's uh, she was a social worker. She had a PhD, and this woman was highly, highly educated, and she had a work voice, and then she had a voice that she used when she came home. And you know, we're from Tennessee, so. You know, it wasn't real twangy or anything, but it was kind of country. And so I learned that vernacular that when you're dealing with um, society, when you're conducting business, interacting in academia, you ought to speak clearly and distinctly. Now, the nasal part, I'm not sure. might have picked that up just somewhere in culture. But there is a distinct way to speak, you know, when you're interacting with people and you're trying to communicate well. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> and uh, y'all heard, Arlene. Now, here's the thing. Yes. 
I talk the same way. Somebody trying to get in there real quickly? Uh, can you hear oh. me, sir? Yeah, go right ahead. John, make go ahead, right? Go right ahead. Yeah, and it'll be brief. <clears throat> There's a difference between someone whom they have, they're bicultural. There's the difference between someone who's bicultural, which means that they know how they would normally speak in in in, in uh, Arlene's aunt scenario in a uh, a position of academia, or in my position when I'm doing doing business, or two when you're hanging out with your squad. And when I'm hanging out with my squad, it's not a problem to be like, "What is you saying?" I absolutely know that that's not the way that that's pronounced or stated. But I choose to say it that way because that's the way that we say it. It's colloquially spoken. It's only spoken amongst the people in your general sphere of influence. At any time, if you are put into a more professional scenario, you have the ability to switch and (laughs) speak as if you were speaking Spanish and uh, Swahili. When you're amongst the people who speak Swahili, you can speak Swahili. When you're amongst the people that speak Spanish, you can speak Spanish. It's the exact same thing, and it's not its not that a person, they don't know how to speak Swahili, so they fake it, and, and they say things. And any person who speaks Swahili can, can say, what are you doing? That's, that's not Swahili. What, what are you doing? That, it, there's a difference, and I think that, that distinction must be made because when a person speaks proper English, there's a lot of people who can't make that transition who will say, like, oh, look at you trying to talk white. No, I'm not trying to talk <laughs> white. That's just proper English. <laughs> and, and just because I've always kicked it with you like that for seven years, and then when, I, when you see me speak to this person, I'm able to make that transition, it doesn't mean I sold out or I forgot where I came from. No, I am bicultural. And I think that's important. Hey, John. Hey, John. I call yes. that being bilingual, so exactly what you're saying. And it, it the is. thing is, that's something from my generation. We knew we had to be bilingual, bicultural is what you're describing it as. The hardest thing for me to do was to teach my children, especially my boys, that they want to be who they are in with their friends at school. School, in business realm, and everywhere. They don't want to switch up and change up, and that is an issue. But, yeah, I call it being bilingual. <laughs> that's, in, that's indicative of, of Dave Chappelle's skit when keeping it real goes wrong. That, that, that's the luck <laughs> of when keeping it real goes wrong, where you're in a professional scenario and – you don't want special. You want to keep it real because it's like this is where I come from, and it goes wrong. That's the whole point of that skit. Thank you for letting me well, get that comment in. Uh, back to you guys. Okay. Yeah. Say thanks. Well, I appreciate that, John. Appreciate that. Well, listen, uh, y'all heard John, and, and and I hear what he's saying, and I think what I'm trying to say is this: not so much people that 
know how to hang a cookie with their boys, you know. Uh, not so much, uh, you know, we go around, we call each other boys with the team. When we in a corporate setting, we do something. I'm not so much talking about that. I think everybody switches back and forth. That I'm talking my people when they, they, Arlene always was nasal. Always, anytime she said anything, and I and I don't want to try to act like or, or, or give y'all an example, but y'all know what I'm talking about. You see black women, if you turn your head, you think it's saying white. Now, again, if they're raised in Nebraska, because there is a difference in how if your mama talk a certain way, your auntie talk a certain way, okay, that's that's the way you really talk. That's all you know. So if you just start talking nasal out of the clear blue, and normally what what follows with that is other things, other ways you try to acclimate to, to whiteness, okay? So it's not just you're trying to talk white, okay? Again, so we'll get into that a little bit more, but there is a difference. And Arlene did change the way she literally was talking. I said, you know, I said Arlene, you, we just need to talk proper. But if you if you raised in nasal, that's all you know, then be nasal. But if you, if you know, if you're not, don't put an extra effort to be nasal. It's, it's just to be proper. So anyway, Arlene is going to come at this time and reach the table of consciousness when we get right into this. So it's the time right now starts. We're going to go 15 minutes, and then we're going to bring back the co-hosts to comment on anything they've heard or some of the callers. Again, if you are listening online and you want to get in on this, you have to hold off till we do our 15 minutes. We're going to start the timer right now. And, again, press 1 if you want to come in quickly. Uh, we'll take very short comments on the phone lines. If we even open the phone lines at all, this is one time I may not open the phone lines. Uh, so it may just be these two brothers uh, commenting. All right, so to the, the to the transcriber, just know right now, as this very second, we're starting the clock, and everything's being said uh, after Arlene reads this uh, table of contents will be uh, transcribed, okay? So the, uh, the title of the book is The System, Systemic Lies of White Supremacy. Okay, just to describe real quick the... the cover page for those you're listening in the cover page is going to include a giant and the giant is going to have little quotations marked first of all the giant is standing real tall and his feet is the skyline of just thinking of the skyline of just think of the skyline of uh, Dallas Fort Worth or New York at the very toes of this giant this giant stands real high and then there's little um Little excerpts uh, where it says here, the many faces of white supremacy, and it ain't just white people. I got white people on here. This is the faces of white supremacy. I got black kids on here. I got black older people on here. I got Indians on here. I got young Indians, older Indians. I got uh, all types of people from all over the world when I call it the many faces of white supremacy. And so uh, this is all on the cover, and then here come Arlene's with the with the uh, table of contents. So. Just so y'all know, uh, uh, on the cover, uh, again, this giant, and it says, uh, on one of his legs says, unmatched, and on his other leg says, unchallenged, because this giant is unchallenged by any other system on the earth. Nothing challenges white supremacy. The things you're going to hear on this show and on the, because we're going to do about four of these shows, nobody challenged white supremacy. They just say don't be racist, all this, but they don't challenge white supremacy like you're going to hear on this show. And then it's unmatched. Nothing but nothing is this powerful. And I'm not just trying to just be uh, hype up the book, folks. Nothing 
tell me what's more powerful on the earth than white supremacy. Please tell me. Other than the kingdom of God, that's the, the only rival it has. It controls the education system and all types of systems. Anyway, but uh, uh, furthermore about the cover, it says the lies and doctrines of white supremacy has all the tendency to be the world religion it is. It is, brothers and sisters, a religion. And you'd be surprised, some of you listening, who say you love Jesus, love Yeshua, you are worshiping. I promise you, when we get done, you're going to see more than white people is into this. This is the religion of the world. This is the religion of the world. We worship the Father through the image of white people. I say we worship Yeshua and Jesus through the image of white people. Many so-called blacks are pure white supremacists by definition. What I mean by that, and I'm describing the cover page before all in comes on with the table of contents. You know, when you look at a book first, you have a cover page. So this is the cover page. Many so-called blacks are pure white supremacists by definition. What I mean is white supremacy is someone that thinks they're better in thought, speech, or behaviors. And this is not just what white people believe. This is what a lot of us believe. We do feel like a lot of whites do things better by thought. Their thoughts are superior. When we come into contact with them, we feel we back up because we feel like their thoughts are superior. We feel like their speech is superior, the way they talk. That's why I was just describing earlier. Or their behaviors, the way they do things. Now, if people are educated, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about thinking things is better just because white people say it. Or thinking speech is better because of the way white people talk. Or thinking the way they do it is better. Now, if they're educated and this is the way you do a particular thing, that's just education. But that's not because they're white. Many so-called whites aren't white supremacists because they know better, um, but remain passive to white supremacy for, for benefits. One more time, many so-called whites aren't white supremacists because they know better. In order to be a white supremacist, you have to truly believe you're superior. If whites know deep, deep inside they're not superior when they're, when they're acting like they're superior, that's called deception. So a lot of our white brothers and sisters are liars and deceivers. They are not white supremacists. They know better. I said they know better. How can you be supremacist if you know you're acting out or you're just riding along for the benefits? You want those blacks making over you, worshiping you, you just enjoy how they feel. But deep inside, you know your neighborhood is not better. You know the way you're speaking is not better. Even though they're sitting up speaking, you know, however way they're speaking, you know you're not superior. But you enjoy that because of the benefits. So technically... Most white supremacists are not white. Listen, the world is only 8% white. How can most white supremacists be white? And 92% of the world is non-white. Most white supremacists are not white. That's what this book is talking about. Never was, is, or ever will be people based on skin color. It's not in the Bible. No such thing. Every time you say white and black, you're buying into this culture. That's why I mean by none of us are innocent. Every time you say white and black, you're buying into a lie that was created by some demon-possessed people in the in formating or categorizing people based on skin color. Every single time you say black and white, you are giving credence to this idolatry. You're not innocent. I'm not trying to talk you into doing something you're not doing or being something you're not being. I'm saying we all are buying into this system. 
Before so, we're going to see a whole lot more than just that, though. If you're educated, I already said that, uh, the invention and culture of whiteness, the invention and culture of whiteness is the most evil social construct ever, ever created. Arlene, table of contents. Here it comes. And I'll open up her line right now. Table of contents. Dedication. How to read this book. Definition of Systemic Lives of White Supremacy, Acknowledgement, Forward, Preface, A Very Serious Question for You, the Reader, Introduction, A Giant Spotted, Unchallenged and Unmatched in Strength, Chapter 1, What This Work Is, What This Work Is Not. The Mechanics of White Supremacy, Simply How It Works, Proof of Clear and Present Danger, The Exposition 30, 30 Areas of Life Saturated with the Idolatry of White Supremacy. Chapter 2, Institutional Racism, Church, Formal Education, Culture, culture Media, Etc. Chapter 3, so-called whites as victims of white supremacy doctrines. Chapter 4, foreigners as victims of white supremacy doctrines. Chapter 5, so-called African Americans as victims of white supremacy doctrines. Chapter 6, how genuine good humans can believe evil lies and become like devils. Chapter 7, Solutions for Victims of White Supremacy. Conclusion, References, Appendix, Index. Wow. Okay, more reading. Dedication. This work is first dedicated to Yah, God of Israel, who gave me the revelation of this giant. He also gave me five smooth stones to bring down this giant in areas of my life and the lives of thousands. I dedicate this book to my village, starting with my wife, Arlene, and our children we've raised, Kenny, Josiah, and Lydia, as well as their children and their children to a thousand generations. I also dedicate this book to you, who recognize the urgency of this truth against the world's false religion of white supremacy. How to read this book. Please use the index for any words or phrases that seem unfamiliar to you. There are terms are used today that need to be described or reframed. For instance, so-called is used to show a term that was fashioned to categorize people to fit into a newly designed race based on the new standard. Definition of white supremacy. This work isn't speaking of the infamous Nazi campaign or white supremacy hate groups implemented to make Europe pure white by violently removing those considered non-white. This is about participation nationally and internationally in the practice of prioritizing or valuing people 
based on skin color, whether done consciously or subconsciously. It is carried out in a religious fashion throughout the day, empowering the West and diseasing non-white masses globally. White supremacy is idolatry, which has been taught as a standard since the inception of America. This false standard is a life-suffocating, marginalizing, and crippling global philosophy practiced nonstop by millions in every single ethnic group on earth. The training is so ingrained in the societal fabric, it is practiced by masses, even without one single so-called white person within thousands of miles. The core teaching is that so-called white people are superior in thought, actions, or speech. It further promotes them overtly or covertly to possess abilities and instincts over and beyond so-called non-white people. To fuel the agenda of white supremacy, there's a counter-philosophy taught that supports it. So-called black inferiority is the foundation on which white supremacy steps up to a higher position. It's like the two sides of a coin, but one side defines the other. The foundational lie is that so-called whites are a race strictly based on skin color. This philosophy has been the cornerstone of many countries, especially Western civilizations. These beguiled millions have redefined standards observed by all civilizations globally for thousands of, thousands of years. No doubt there remains only one entity left standing challenging the influence and collective wealth of these white supremacists. It is the kingdom of Yah, God, of which I am a representative. Acknowledgement, forward, preface, introduction, and then we'll begin with chapter one. Okay, and for the acknowledgement, I'm going to wait because I want to do something very special with that. And um, let's see how we're doing with the time. Forward, I have some uh, very distinguished people that's going to be writing for us. Y'all know how that is. People write for us for your book. That's coming. I won't share that on the air. As far as the preface, I have a very serious question to ask everyone uh, for the uh, what we call the preface. Okay? For the preface of the book, and I think we're doing good with the time, Arlene. For the preface of the book, I want to ask everyone a question. I want you to really sit down, everybody, kind of get comfortable, and I want to ask you a question. We have a minute and a half for me to go into this preface. Should I go into it now? I'll go to the phone lines. Purcell has joined us. Um, um, let's see. I think what we'll do is we'll let Purcell say hello. And uh, I'm going to come back and answer one a quick question. Again, this is our co-host. He's running a little late, but that's okay. He's entitled. Purcell just had surgery, so he's definitely entitled to run a little late. Purcell, go ahead and say hello briefly. We talk, I want you to watch, brother, because every time I ask you, 
Here's if I say take a minute, you take about five. If I say 30 seconds, you take about five. So, look, Arlene is in the house. Say hello to Arlene, brother, and uh, I want to read the preface. So just go and say hello for now, and then we're going to go into this preface really quickly, brother. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Praise the Lord, everybody. We're excited about this book that uh, Seth has uh, come up with. Hey, Arlene. It's my favorite hey, wife Brittany. in the whole wide world. Hey, How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing doing good. Left. <laughs> All right, Pop. Look, I'm going to do uh, what y'all said I couldn't do simply because I am one day out of surgery and uh, I got my drugs holding me up right now. So, uh, yeah, I won't. I won't be long. But we bring you greetings all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio. Salt uh, Life Kingdom, and we bless you, we honor you, and we honored to be a part. And Seth, do your thing, bro. Okay, brother Priscilla, y'all, please excuse that little timer. I said we was gonna put ourselves on the timer. So I'm go ahead and read. Uh, but Purcell, welcome again, brother. And I respect y'all. Please allow me. Uh, um, please be patient that I brought him on like that, but I want him to be a part. Okay, the preface. I'm going to read this preface really quickly, and then we're going to go to our co-hosts uh, to see if they have any comments on what was said about the book so far. Preface goes like this. What if I told you of a daily newspaper that constantly published lies, 100% false information, or deception, which is 100 partial information, about your family's greatness, past, present, and projected future. One more time. What if I told you of a daily newspaper that constantly published lies, deception about your family's greatness, past, present, and projected future? Or perhaps this media simply kept the masses ignorant of how your family contributed to society. So much so your family suffers from an identity crisis and self-respect. If those oppressing go further and force their history exclusively while remaining quiet about yours, can your family ever recover? This is precisely what white supremacy have done to so-called non-white people daily all over the world. These deeply rooted lives go unchecked and become the norm in society. If they become the normal fabric in society, people will be abused. People will suffer. Wow, that is something to think about, y'all. Just off the off the off the off the mark, um, just a side road here. That right there, just reading this does something to me every time I see that. One more time, folks, listen to this. Oh my God. Can you bounce back from that? This is precisely what white supremacy do to so-called non-white people daily all over the world. If these deeply rooted lives go unchecked and become normal fabric in society, people are abused, people suffer. Some expect second class. So there should be pushback from everybody, from the church to the education centers and other global institutions. 
Therefore, each lie and deception must be exposed one by one. Otherwise, this idol worship will cause a planet to succumb to worshiping whiteness, white people. My goodness, my goodness. Is there any one of many Americans trivialize much-needed knowledge outside of the tentacles of the U.S.? One more time. Is there any wonder why many Americans trivialize needed knowledge outside of the tentacles of the United States? Influence, um, this, bear with me, y'all. This arrogance has stifled the individual and collective growth of nations, including so-called white nations, and has caused setbacks for humanity. That's a bit much right there. So that's pretty much our preface, asking you that question. I do want to add this to the preface uh, to the transcriber. I want to say, finally, unlike many, this author, talking about myself, doesn't believe so-called whites created white supremacy. White supremacy is a creation of Satan for an evil army sent to a rebellious Israel and a rebellious planet. No mere men can do such damage to humanity and the earth. All right? And Arlene says, amen. I'm going to open up. Uh, We went over 15 just a little bit. I'm going to open up Arlene's line, Brother Kenwin's line, Brother Kenwin uh, coming to you first, then Brother John, then Brother Purcell. Any comments on what you've heard, uh, Brother Kenwin, with regards to, and I'm going to put everybody, everybody on a three-minute timer, okay? All right, three minutes, uh, and, and, and to the transcriber, this shouldn't be a part of the book. This is just comments from our co-host. So, Brother Kenwin, uh, go right ahead with your comment, brother, quickly. All right, all right. Uh, yeah, man, that's so far so good. I'm curious of what's coming next. Uh, and But what you just said on the end, just kind of uh, light bulb, just kind of popped up epiphany, if you will, uh, uh, like it's a spirit, like uh, some kind of spirit, uh, evil spirit um, that, uh, like, doomed with the demons, you know, it's a judgment day for it, you know. It just kind of popped in my head just when you was explaining that and how you're setting it up right now. It, it, white supremacy kind of seems like it... Uh, was part of that fallen angels or something. How you, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of coming together like that, and there will be a judgment day for white supremacy. So it kind of seems like you got that same fate as the demons uh, that's in the and evil spirits that's on this uh, world, you know. So uh, I, it just popped in my head. I was just comparing that to what, what you just answered. So, uh, that's my comment thus far, and I'm uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and pass the mic. Okay, Brother Kenwood always stays within his minutes. I appreciate that, brother. He always professional with that. That brother had it down packed. He never goes over. All right, going back to the phone line, Brother John. Uh, brother Kenwood, I'm going to mute your line just for just for, for we can move on. After Brother John and Brother uh, Purcell, we're going to do another 15, and then we'll, um, you want to, uh, to start in your line is open. 
if you want to comment after Brother John. All right, Brother John, go ahead. Uh, again, you're on a three-minute time, Brother. Go right ahead. Brother John, go right ahead. So, yes, based on the two and a half minutes that Brother Kenan did not use, you should add another two and a half minutes to my time, and I'd like to use all of that time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you know what? The funny thing You're is funny, this. I'm literally, <laughs> Arlene, you know how I do. But the I funny know. thing is this. I can, I'm going to make this comment, and then I'm going to leave the show. And this show, and here's the reason why, because I cannot contain myself. With what we're talking about, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I, 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 said, I literally speak directly to you and tell you that if what you want is another mediocre book about black people and their fight, so on and so forth, just do this, just write this book without prayer and fasting, and that's what you'll get. I call you to pray and fast so that when we want to understand the intricacies of how Satan spoke to his seed and created white supremacy and gave them this idea, and they ran this across the entire earth. That's what I want, Brother Seth. That's what I, I want you to be able to expose those intricacies. Because, see, all white people, Amen. while they may be on the beneficial end of white supremacy, they do not knowingly practice it. Nor do black people practice it knowingly. Most people do it unknowingly. They have no idea. I was literally, I was literally in, 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 um. John, um, hold on a second, hold on a second. John, yeah. John, hold on a second, hold yeah. on a second. For some reason yeah. I can't hear yeah. you. We can hear you, but you just, every once in a while you'll say a word or two. You're not muffling, you're not breaking up, but it's just like you're in a room or something. I don't know. You're different in what you normally sound. Can you change it? If you I'll can't put change it on the phone, phone. see if this helps. There you go, there you go. Perfect, I'll perfect. Because you want okay. to say some things. Go ahead. Listen. I was in Texas not long. I was being tracked by a police person, and it finally dawned on me that this has been going on all of my life, and it was only because I was black, over 40 years old. It's been going on my entire life, but it finally dawned on me like this. It was because of our type of conversation, Seth, Arlene. We would talk about these things. So here's what I want you to know. The, the there's a scripture that talks about how the prophet went to Israel and it sung them a song, it piped to them, they didn't dance, they didn't sing along or whatever the case may be. Seth, this particular book needs to be, do you realize that um, Kenya, they never had a civil rights movement. Nigeria, no civil rights movement. Malawi, no civil rights movement. South Africa, no civil rights movement. I would tell my girl who was from Kenya, I'd be like, you guys were about 30 to 40 years behind the U.S. And the reason why is because we had songs like, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. I'm proud. We had statements like the black and the bear. We had things that built us up as black people. They never got that. They never got it, Seth. You literally have a world that's waiting for your book. You could write the same book and put it in different languages and take it to those countries, and they would eat it up because they want to know. They they were colonized. They weren't slaves. 
for some of them were, they were colonized. But it's the same white supremacy. I'm going to leave this show, and I'm literally going to hang this phone up. Look at the people who never had the civil rights movement. They are all over the South America, the islands. You, you, you spoke to those people. Uh, what, what's that country you went to, Seth? What's that country you went to? I don't know which one. It's over 24. The, 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 it's, small, uh, it's in the, the Pacific. I was just saying, it's, I'm thinking it's 24, Brother John. I can't think. I think you're talking about. It don't make any difference. The point is that the point is that no one, except the United States, has had the civil rights movement to the way that it did. That the very president, that the following, because JFK was there, but he wasn't the one who who did the civil rights movement. It was his predecessor, who you know, because he was killed, they were trying to push this thing through. You can't find another country that has the civil rights movement or the laws like the U.S. So write the book for the U.S., but understand that there's a whole world waiting for your book. And they, absolutely, they'll receive absolutely, it much, absolutely, Brother John. And let me just much say better this. than the U.S. will. You're absolutely right. Brother John is on point. I hope you don't hang up, man. I hope you're just talking, just saying that. But listen, because I will. No, I am. Back. I'm, I'm another one of you, these, but I will. But go ahead. Uh, we're going to do another, another session, and we're going to come back to you all. But really quickly, Brother John is right. It's not just for Americans. It's for anybody that has an, an antenna uh, that is able to to get anything from the West. Because if you can get the West in, in, in audio media, you're going to produce white supremacy. You don't have to have no white people, no, no white, white people in your country to practice white supremacy. You are going to be producing white supremacists by virtue of them hearing the way they talk, what they talk about, what they don't talk about, what they ignore, what never comes up in their conversation, what they what they always are talking about in the West, on TVs, all of our shows, entertainment, documentaries. White people, white supremacists such, when you listen to the West and you're in some remote part of Africa or India, what they don't talk about is a topic in and of itself. How they ignore Africa is saying you are not important. The fact that they are talk about history and educate you all the way up to a PhD, you hear, and you hear very little of what's happening in other parts of the world. That's making a statement. It's the most dangerous thing ever taught. I don't think people understand what I'm saying. I hear people saying, "Oh yeah, I got you." Well, you talking about racism? No, I don't think you understand. This is from Satan. This is from the bowels of Satan. Of course, Brother John is right. It needs to be spoken of in other countries. That's one reason I'm online. I don't care about people taking this information and go writing a book. Go write a book. Write it. Get the information out. Because this is a sickness. And the way the Father showed me, coming to you, Purcell, what the way the Father showed me is we all are white supremacists. It's global. The only people that are not practicing white supremacy are people that don't have a TV or radio. They have no access to hear what the West is saying. They haven't seen a white man. I say they haven't even seen a white man. Maybe that's Papua New Guinea, parts of Papua New Guinea. But if you hear, and it ain't all white people. 
there's a lot of beautiful, beautiful white people that's on the part of the solution. They love the most high. They hate white supremacy. You hear, hear me out because I can't keep saying this. Like Priscilla said, there's always an exception to the rule. So I've said it. It's not all white people that's buying into this lie. A lot of them is more freer than we are because, again, they know better because they know what they're looking at when they look in the mirror. And they hear us making over them in the way they do things in their colleges and their this and their country, and their, but they know better. So they're not white supremacists. They're liars and deceivers, and they're benefiting from white privilege is what they're doing. So they're going to have to, have to answer to God for knowing better and watching us stumble along these lies and worship them. And I know it feels good, Mr. White Man, so-called white man and Mr. White Lady, but y'all have got to speak out and say, no, that America is not superior. No, our colleges are not superior to black colleges or, or Indian college or African college. No, the way we do business is not the only way. No, the way we worship the Father is not the only way. No, the Bible we produce is not the only Bible. No, anything that come out of our mouth is not necessarily the standards. We're just one hand raised in the classroom. Brother Purcell, Porsche, your line is open. Go ahead and make your comment, please. Yeah, I'm going to put you on a 33-minute time when it goes off. Purcell, that's it, because we press for time here. <laughs> hey, would you have reference quote if I wasn't on the line? <laughs> hey, and I want you to know, <laughs> I also want you to know, I am not a white supremacist. I'm about as black as they come. I refuse to buy into the lie. I refuse that. So you have an anarchist here. I'm not, I'm not a white supremacist. Listeners, hear me and hear me well. I am not a white supremacist. Seth has taught me enough about this stuff. He's been talking about this stuff since I met him. And, man, I've been so enlightened about this white supremacy thing. For a minute there, he had me believing I was a white dude. He really (laughs) did. He really did, y'all. I ain't making it up. I walked around here talking I had feeling like I was a white dude with a black face. <laughs> so Seth, I want you to know that your knowledge has converted one. I'm not a white supremacist. I'm as black as they come. And man, I'm excited about this book thing, man. I uh like I said, you've been talking to me about this stuff since since I met you, so that's been several, several years, 28, 20, 20 years at, at least. At so, least. yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I am elated for you, man. Um, I always say when I talk to you when you're not in my presence, I always talk about how my friends are smarter than me, and I, and I have it that way by design. So, <clears throat> but I'm excited about the book, man. I can't wait to get my copy discounted, of course. I don't want to say <laughs> pay full price. Uh, <laughs> but I black, that's white supremacy right there. Well, go ahead, go ahead, bro. <laughs> but I definitely want to uh, get a copy, man, and uh, keep doing your thing, man, and uh, keep moving the way you're moving. Like I told you before. Five Smooth Stones Network is is, is uh, 
absolutely changing the atmosphere. <clears throat> Amen. Well, let me let me say this to you, brother. Let me say this to you. I want you to really hear and me. Time. And I went under my time. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Two two forty five. Let me just say this to you, brother. Listen. I love this dude right here, everybody. And if I don't do what I'm about to say, I have failed. Purcell, I know you, brother. You are one of the proudest men I know of. You are one of the proudest men in black culture that I know of. You're one of the brothers that's going to stand up for the black woman. You're one of those brothers that love your wife. You're one of those brothers that raised your family. You're one of those brothers that believe that Jesus Yeshua was not a white man. You're one of those brothers that if you do see some racism, you got something to say. If I don't prove what I'm about to say, I have failed. Priscilla Perche, you're one of the brothers I know for certain practice white supremacy. <laughs> I want you to listen to me. I know you disagree. But one thing hey. I know about Priscilla Prashay, let me tell you all this about this brother. If he see it, he going to let y'all know the brother right. Brother Seth is right. He he got he's right. I'm not trying to convince people of something that's not there. But it's going to be very obvious when I get through talking that oh, oh, I do practice it. So, let's get into the introduction, but I I would say this only has one more thing to say. Uh, yeah, I would just like to say, can you hear me? I would just like to say that what's happening is something that's spiritual, okay? Um, it's easy to look at skin color and people and behaviors and society's hierarchy and point fingers, but if you draw way, way, way back and you look at the big picture, you'll see the spirit behind it. And Seth has alluded to this. And I believe revelation will come. But the mind behind white supremacy is Satan, okay? And that is the enemy of the Most High, okay? And because he's the enemy of the Most High, he's the enemy of his people. And if you can go back to the Garden of Eden, remember, Adam partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Before that, he was cool. With God, they was all on one accord. But once he partook of that, the mind became accelerated and knowledge became power. So he who controls the knowledge controls the people, okay? And Satan has begun to control that knowledge. And he's uh, propped up some people. And like Seth said, some of them are just going along because they ended up being on, on top. It's like the, that, his agenda, Satan's agenda, got, has them on top. And it's hard for people to give up the good life for the righteous life. I just wanted right. to say that. I believe that the Lord is going to illuminate that for us throughout this book. Okay. Priscilla, I'm going to move on. I'm going to meet you as I've done with Brother Kenwin. Wow. Brother Kenwin, thank you for your patience. All right? So let's just go and get more into it. This is the introduction, everybody. This is serious, serious, serious. Some people think this is the greatest thing right here that I'm about to share of anything I've ever seen on white supremacy. What are you? What say ye? Introduction, uh, which is talking about the vision of the giant. Folks, this is real. Some of the, 
this right here is real. So I'm about to read uh, some of this. Some of it is some of what I'm, let me just say this. Some of what we're doing tonight is already wrote. Some of it, I'm, I'm literally, it, there's nothing written. I'm just saying it on the air and it's being transcribed. Again, there's a transcriber listening. He let me know he's going to hit a show. He's going to cut out all of the co-host chatter. He's going to, whenever I say, like I'm about to start the timer, when I start the timer, you hear me say that he's going to transcribe. So I'm about to start the timer. All right, so this is something that it was written. I may change it on the fly. If you hear me stumble, don't think I can't read. I'm just changing it on the fly, all right, because I may see a typo or something. I may want to reword something, all right? So the timer starts now. This is the introduction. True story, folks. This is not make-believe. This happened to me. I've shared this on the show many times. Introduction, the vision of the giant. A giant spotted, unmatched, and unchallenged. I can recall pondering and praying on this topic when I experienced what many call a day vision. I remember seeing an image in the likeness of a tree or a, uh, a tree a few yards in front of me. I felt the urge to move the object for some reason, so I simply attempted to move it. To my amazement, it didn't budge. So I tried again to move this dark image several times, trying harder and harder each time. So I got the bright idea to see what was this unmovable image, especially after so many attempts failed. Even my football blocking motion didn't work. So I got the idea to see tall or how big it was. So I began to back up, no longer charging it again. So I wasn't running into it again like before. Now I want to know what is this. Folks, I kept trying over and over and over and over again to move this image, and I couldn't. So I got this bright idea to see what is it. Why can't I move this image in front of me that's blocking everything I'm trying to do? So, brothers and sisters, this is what happened. I couldn't see the top when I backed up 10 yards, so I went about 20 yards. Then I went about 40 yards. I couldn't see the top, so I proceeded to walk back even more and then even more and then even more. Finally, I walked back to a football field, and yet no face in sight or no top of this image in sight. I was just trying to see, what is this? Why isn't it moving? So I kept backing up and backing up and backing up. Again, this is what some people call a day vision. I don't really know what it was, but I remember seeing this while pondering this. So I got the idea to get transportation to drive out. So I actually had someone to, I just remember seeing me asking someone to just, because I kept walking back, I couldn't see. So I kept walking blocks and blocks and blocks, and I ended up asking someone to literally drive me away. And I remember driving and driving and driving. And I remember I drive so far, brothers and sisters, please listen to me tonight. This is not make-believe. This has happened to me. So I drove and drove and drove, and yet there was no face in sight. 
I drove even outside of the city, folks, there was no face in sight, no top of this image in sight. I can't say face because I was just trying to see the top of it for some reason. So I continued to look up, and then I ended up being outside, like I said, of the city, and then outside of the county before I could see the top image, which was a face. Now listen, brothers and sisters, most high is my witness. May you do something to me if I'm lying to y'all right now. When I saw the face, I was so shocked to see it. And it was so shocked to see that I saw it. I felt the image was angry that I even saw it. And you can just tell that it wasn't used to being seen. It wasn't used to people knowing about it. This is why I said in the cover of the page that it's unmatched and unchallenged because it wasn't used to being seen. I remember acting as though, after fear gripped me, I remember acting as though I didn't see it, trying to trick it like, oh, I don't see you, I don't see you, because of the great fear that was upon me. I then remember hearing this of the giant. <sighs> Just thinking about this is something. You know, I write this. This is a side road, y'all. But I write this stuff, and then when I read it, it, it almost brings fear again. I saw this, brothers and sisters, side road to the transcribe. This is a side road. Don't record this. Folks, I remember seeing this. And sometimes when I think about it now, it fears, it's like a fear gripped me. thing was so upset that I saw it. God is my witness, Father. May you do, may you do something to me if I'm lying, brothers and sisters. It was a fear that went through my body because this thing saw that I saw it. It wasn't used to being looked at, so I pretended I didn't see it. Mm-mm-mm. And I remember hearing this. This is the giant of white supremacy in America. I later would understand it is unchallenged and unmatched by any other. I still can see this image today in my head, whose feet were at the height of a, 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 a city skyline. It's like a city skyline was at his feet. When I look back at the giant after I left the county and look back, uh, uh, when I was looking at this giant, at his feet was like downtown uh, New York. Those skyscrapers, you know, like the World Trade Center was like at his feet. The interpretation will later reveal in life that the giant represented the religion or belief system of white supremacy, which is the engine driving the American empire. The philosophy and belief is foundation of all communication. This philosophy and belief of white supremacy is the foundation of all communication in the United States and Europe and really the world, where the media is present. Wow. This right here is the prerequisite for understanding how 
the white how white supremacy rule. You gotta understand, brothers and sisters, end quote, end quote, uh, to the transcriber. You gotta understand side row and I'm going to chapter one now. You have to understand that giant to understand Brother Seth. I'm not playing with this. We all belong to white supremacy. And Purcell, he is as honest as it's going to get. You're never going to hear a brother on the line that's going to be more transparent than Brother Purcell Purcell. But I guarantee you, before this is over with, he is going to see white supremacy all throughout his life because that's how a lot of y'all feel. Oh, I'm not a white supremacy. Some of you feel like, I hate white people. But we're going to talk about all kinds of things that when we get done, you're going to see, oh, my God, oh, my God, I promise you the next statement I'm about to make, and uh, uh, and I'm transcribe, I'm going to start here in a second when I say chapter one is beginning, but this is a little side road. I promise you, brothers and sisters, if you're educated in the West, if you're educated in, uh, in the United States or Europe, or really anywhere Western philosophy is taught. You can be in Japan and still be taught the ways of America. You can be in Africa, remote parts of Africa, and be taught Western thought. Anybody that is letting this white man system dominate their culture, no matter how small, no matter how remote your village is, you are buying into the concept of white supremacy. There's a whole nother way to live your life outside of the thinking of a white man and white America and, and the white Europe. There's a whole nother mindset. All right, let's get into it. Chapter one. What this book is, what this book isn't. All right. What this work isn't and what this work is. This work isn't an attack on any people, especially on so-called white people. All right? But it is an attack on the philosophies in many of them. Also, while I, too, celebrate and don't shy away from the greatness of dark-skinned people, this work, this work isn't from a place of black power, African power, where it is hatred or destruction in any form to any people, including white people. This work primarily, the work primarily goal is to destroy lies, deception and ignorance with truth while leaving people intact. When there is talk of dark-skinned people being empowering or empowered, it's addressing ignorance, lies about so-called black people. One more time. When there is talk of dark-skinned people being empowered, it's addressing ignorance, lies, Ignorance and lies about so-called black people. Don't confuse that, y'all. So um, this book is not about putting down so-called white people on any page. With any lie, the truth has to be told or else a distortion is created. A handicap is developed or people will be mistreated. Lastly, if you think or perceive hatred from the author... Please note, you may be misunderstanding the author's heart. 
perhaps you are skipping segments of the book or not really processing what you're reading. Never do the author intend to disrespect human blood in this entire work. Okay? That is, again, in quote, that is, again, what this work is and what this work isn't, the beginning of Chapter 1. All right? All right, we're right at 11 minutes, so let me go ahead and go a little further. All right, so now I want to get into working definitions, working definitions. Tell y'all what, let's do this because I've been going a while. Let's hear from Brother Kenwin and Brother Purcell on what I've said so far about the giant. I really want them to comment on that, and I don't want to get too far so, Brother Ken, when your line is open, go ahead and give me a three-minute, I'm going to put you on the timer, uh, about what you felt about the giant that I was just describing. And, Brother Purcell, your line is open now as well. You can go after Brother Kenwin again. Anything you've heard in this session, please. Okay. Uh, yes, I, I just kind of wanted to kind of add to it. Or a question, uh, just a question to just be thrown out there was, uh, this giant that you envisioned as white supremacy and mm-hmm. kind of got us all under this trance. Uh, my my question is, once we break free from that, how exactly uh, do you see, from your point of view, uh, us changing the world uh, going forward? All right, I pass the mic. Okay, well, you still you only went for like a minute, so let me try to answer it really quick before we go to Brother Purcell. It's very simple, Brother Kenwin. There are all types of people living their lives on this earth, and they're outside of the sphere of uh, white supremacy, the atmosphere of white supremacy. There's all types of ways of looking at everything outside of what white people say. There's all types of people in India, Australia, Papua New Guinea, all parts of Africa, Central America, South America, doing business, um, talking about the Most High, talking about uh, even the Israelites, who the Israelites. There's all types of perspectives outside of what Catholicism have control over. We just need to listen to voices outside of white supremacy. By white supremacy, I'm not talking about white people. I'm talking about black people that's that's puppets for white people. People forget there's eight white, so-called whites, are 8% of the world's population. And transcriber, this is not to go in the book. I'm just answering his brother's question. People forget there's a whole world, 92% people out here living their life outside of, of the, the atmosphere of white supremacy. I know it's everywhere, but there's a lot of thoughts and behaviors outside of white supremacy. So the biggest thing, the most purest thing, way to live outside of the giant is the Holy Spirit. Stop that. That was our 15 minutes. Something did it a little earlier. But brothers and sisters, Please hear Brother Kenwood. That was powerful what he asked. How do you live outside that giant? It's the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is going to have you look at everything different. The Holy Spirit is not a white supremacist. Satan was given this revelation. Satan was, I should say, the white, so-called whites was given this revelation by Satan, and they promoted it throughout the whole world, those in power I'm talking about, not the little old white guy lived next door to you. He in the same boat as we're in, same class we was in. So how do we break out of it? You you need to, number one, be led by the Holy Spirit. That's the best way. That's number one. That's the best this book has to offer is be led by the Holy Spirit. Seek the Father as to how. Sometimes I ask this question, Brother Ken, when I'm coming to Purcell. I wake up and I live throughout my day and I say, Father, how do I look at this? How do I live? What am I supposed to be doing today? What do we, we live in America, man. We get up, go to work, and we just certain way we look at stuff, we entertainment. Me and my wife one day looked at each other. We was just every one of our movies. We always like these CIA type of espionage type of movies where people getting shot. And we just went to move one day. And there was just so much killing. We got up and left. What did we turn into, man? What are we doing? Supposed to work. Where we work? How long do you work? How many days you work? How many days you take vacation? Do you take vacation? How do we look at eating food? How do we raise kids? We just have to question every single. thing thought we get throughout the day and let the Holy Spirit lead us. If you're one of those carnal people, you don't even know what I'm talking about with the Holy Spirit, follow other cultures. Look at other movies outside of Hollywood and even Bollywood because Bollywood is too influenced by Hollywood. But just look at Nollywood. That's Nigeria. I mean, just look at all types of other people's expressions in life. Get outside of what white people say. And if you listen to me and you're so-called white, you need to pay heed to what I'm saying even more. And what's crazy is that's who really want to do it more than black people. White people know they're not all that. Again, they're not white supremacists unless they're very ignorant. There's some ignorant white people ignorant enough and just don't know. So really, they really are white supremacists. They actually believe that their poop don't stink. But most whites that are educated do not buy into white supremacy as far as believing it. They just act it out, go along with it for white privilege. So, Brother Kenwood, hopefully I'm asking you a question. It's the Holy Spirit. It's always going to end up in the Holy Spirit. He is the one that's going to lead in God's to all truth. And if you can't hear the Holy Spirit while you're learning to hear the Holy Spirit and being guided by the Holy Spirit, Try to listen to other voices. I tune into other podcasts of people that don't even live in America. I don't want to hear black people in America because they're full of white supremacy, even though they think they're not. People think because they're doing all this black cause, this black cause, that black power, I'm over here and I don't like them crackers. They think they're exempt. You're not exempt. You're not exempt. Look at Angela Davis. No, no, no disrespect. But everybody thought she was so black power, ended up being a lesson married to a white woman. It's nothing wrong with marrying white people. What I'm trying to say is examine her life really careful. Look at, listen to Angela Davis. That was the the, the image of black, of black power. Not picking on her because you can, you can marry whoever you want to marry. I, I think you should marry the, the same sex, of course. But point is, who would ever thought that? All this greatness you see black people have, and then you turn around and you pick. Now, if you're, if you're raised in Nevada somewhere, or not Nevada, but Idaho somewhere, that's all you know is white people, I can't fault you for marrying whites. There's nothing wrong with that. They're people. They're humans. 
But there's something wrong when everybody you know is dark-skinned, and all of a sudden you see a one white person, you just go marry him. And I'm not knocking her. Maybe it's real love. I can't really knock her. I have to see be live within the sea, is it, is it white supremacy? What I'm saying, a lot of our scholars that call themselves mm. pro-black, black, 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 turn around and, and marry whites. It's nothing wrong with that, but it's like, it's kind of abnormal in a way because of the way you brought up. Now, if you're, again, that's all you around is whites, you better love everybody, and you may fall in love with them, and that's okay, it's beautiful. Love is love. I respect it all. I'm not against interracial, so-called, and it's not even a race based on color, so technically you're not even interracial. But my point is, I'm trying to show you something, brother. We have to be led by the Spirit. We are sick people. We are sick, sick people. Y'all think this is some way to get in the chapter on sexuality. That's going to, I guarantee you, that's going to get a whole lot of folk. What do you fantasize about? When nobody's around and it's just you and your brain, what's in your mind and why is it there? Why, when we rich, we prefer white women? Why, when we get away from all these boundaries and all these limits and we get money, why is the first pick a white woman or somebody look like a white woman? I'm telling you, we're sick with this. Brother Purcell, appreciate your line is open. Three minutes, brother, please. Well, Seth, I won't go for three minutes because you are notorious for uh, having me come on or having me queued up. And then you go, and then you go, and then you go, and then you go, and then I forget what I was going to say. So what you got? Hold on, hold on, hold on. What you got to do with that, brother? You got you on blog. You're blogging now. You're blogging. Write it down. Got to write it down like everybody else. You should be listening to these shows with pen and paper because we need you, brother. We need everything you think of. Go right here. Because I have no left hand right now, and I'm left-handed. You got to write with your right hand. Don't start using that excuse. Anyway, you wasted my time. Let me go say what I'm going to say that I do remember. Now, what I was going to say is, it's my boy Seth, y'all. Don't think, don't, don't think we tripping. We just, I got to mess with him. He right. Anyway, he right. Anyway, um, I I totally agree uh, on this thought. I agree that that white supremacy is under the guise. Of demonic rule Absolutely Absolutely I also agree That we must be led Of the Holy Ghost I think on our last show I made that point As clear as I could Uh, We must be led By the Holy Ghost But then I'm thinking about How Paul admonished us In the book of Romans The 12th chapter and the 2nd verse To be not conformed to this world but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Before we are governed by the Holy Ghost, we must first be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. You've also heard me uh, make reference to this particular scripture, which is Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and is righteousness It is so important For us to be In right standing With the father Because all of this stuff It said at the very end of the clause 
that all these all other things shall be added. All of these things in that order will cause all of these things to line up. <clears throat> but it is absolutely necessary that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. How do we do that? We have to consult the word of God. We have to be governed by the spirit of God, which is the Holy Ghost. We have to be governed by him, which is why I say every morning when I wake up, good morning, Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me into all of the truth that you have for me today. And I was messing with you when I said I'm not a white supremacist, and I wasn't saying that based on, based on quote-unquote race either. Um, but I do, uh, I do understand um, where you're coming from when, you, when we started talking about that years ago. Of course, of course, I was totally oblivious to all of this prior to meeting you. I see what I tell you. So you've opened up a whole uh, area of understanding in my mind that I didn't even know existed. So that alone should get you about 10,000 copies sold right there. Um, so, and uh, passing the mic. Right ahead. You're good. You're good. You're good. Well, Purcell, I appreciate you, brother. Just know that. And uh, I promise you, everybody's hearing this show, even though it's a show, it's a show slash a book writing. And, folks, uh, uh, Purcell, you heard him. He says, I'm not a white supremacist. And I, I, I'm not going to convince Purcell of anything because this is the kind of guy that if he see it, he's going to say, brother, you know what? Like he just said, you've opened my eyes. This this dude ego is is in check. He'll let you know I didn't see that. So I really want to hear what he have to say because he thinks like I believe a lot of y'all listening and you're just tuning into the show because Arlene is on the show or something like that, folks. I promise to God I'm not going to try to convince you of something that's not there. That would be evil. But I promise you, the Father showed me and Arlene over the years we are swimming swimming in white supremacy. I've been in over 70 marches. I've done all types of, uh, and again, uh, transcribe this is off the script, uh, but I've been in all kind of marches. I've been on, I've been saying we Israelites since 1990. I done traveled 24 countries seeking out Israelites. I've done all type of pro-black stuff. If anybody got a black card, it's me. Father showed me Purcell. I'm swimming in white supremacy. And last thing I want to say, and I'm going to go back and we're going to finish do uh, another session wrap this up one more session coming everybody and then we're going to wrap it up Purcell the father showed me that we are still owned by white people the father showed me only people that really left that plantation that really is free, like before they got them on the slave boats, the only people that are free is those that are walking after the spirit of the Most High. Just because you're rich and you're flying around, jet-setting, going to different nations and free and they got all this dough. 
You're just a rich nigga in the minds of these people. These people have went about, and I'm about to get into this. Matter of fact, Purcell, I'm going to go and put you on hold and get into this. So y'all heard Purcell, but watch what I tell you. I want y'all to, that brother going to let you have it. He's going to let you know the truth. So y'all's lines are muted. And I want to get into something, uh, transcribe a call, the mechanics. We dropped the ball. This is the first blooper we did on the show with regards to the book. After the introduction, I should have went to the mechanics. Uh, Arlene even admitted it. It's not. It wasn't spoken of in the table of contents. Some kind of way when we when we transferred notes, she she she. Uh, I didn't give her. I dropped the ball. Okay. So after introduction, transcriber, please know you're going to insert the mechanics. How white supremacy work. I do remember Arlene saying it, but it, but it's not on uh, the table of contents. So at, on the table of contents, afterwards says introduction. We want to insert this next next segment, the mechanics. How does it work? How does white supremacy work? We've talked a lot about it, but I'm about to say some things I guarantee you, you have never even thought of. So, Purcell, like I was saying, the father was showing me, and I'll let you know, transcribe when it starts, but I just, just a quick little word to Purcell to know this, 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 uh, where he's, where I think he's at. A lot of people feel like it's not, this don't have nothing to do with them. I'm hearing you, brother, said, but I still don't see it. Trust me. We're going to examine every area of life, and you will see that you are participating in this. Somebody said, what's wrong with what's wrong with it, especially the so-called white listening? What's wrong? If it's not God's way of looking at a thing, it's man's way. And if you're setting that way up to be the standard, that's idolatry. Supremacy is idolatry. It's a whole other standard that the church and and none church people are following. We all giving our heart, soul, mind, money, talents to a way of life that's anti God. We're not hearing none of the world. We're only listening to this eight percent. Tell us about everything on this world. We are like the Father showed me, brothers, this have to concern you. We are still owned by these people. We're not free. I'm not trying to talk you into something. We're not free. We belong to them. We're raised by them. Everything in this world has been introduced in tiny details by them to us. So Brother Kim would ask a heck of a question. How do you break away? You have to be led of the Spirit. Well, some of you say, well, I'm led of the Spirit. Hallelujah, I speak in tongues, blah, 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 blah. I'm free. No, you're not free because you don't be led of the Spirit all the time. The church acts too much. The church is in too deep in white supremacy to be hollering by they free through the Holy Spirit. You can't be walking by the Holy Spirit and empowering white supremacy at the same time. Christians are buying skin bleaching. Christians are talking out of the side of their mouth trying to be white. Christians are trying to live around all white neighborhoods talking about black folks. Christians are saying words like nigger. Still saying nigger. Trying to glorify somebody who's in, in nigger versus It's Christians. We're not led by no Holy Spirit. We belong to these people. Folks, if you listen on the, on, online, remember, in order to keep listening to the show, you have to call the phone number. We're wrapping up. It's the last session. 
you have to call the phone number 914-205-5590. At 10 o'clock, those of you listening online, it's going to cut off. What you have to do is wait till the show ends. We're going to roll over a little bit, but uh, I would say probably going to roll over about 15 minutes. Uh, next 15 minutes, we should be done. I'm going to uh, comments from uh, our co-hosts. We'll wrap up. So what time is it now? It's about 10. We're probably going to wrap up by 10, 15, get a final comments from the calls. If you want to hear all that, you've got to call that phone number, 914-205-5590. All right? I really appreciate y'all listening to the Five Stone Network tonight again where we're talking about the systemic lives of white supremacy, our world's ruling religion. We're doing it live. Arlene's in the house. We're doing it live. We are just uh, uh, have one more session. Uh, so to the transcriber, um, uh, what I would like for you to do after introduction is apply this section here called the mechanics, how white supremacy works, okay? So we'll start our timer right about now. Again, after, uh, we want to add this to mechanics, how white supremacy works in your everyday life. The mechanics is about a system, not a people. So the people in the system, so the people in the system have seized the power to define. Talking about so-called whites, they have seized the power to define. Early on, when this came about, the people in the system seized the power to define. They went redefining, renaming, reinterpreting everything. To their new standard with no regards to the past. My God, my God. One more time. These people possessed of the devil. They could not, they do not have the capacity to create this on their own. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality, spiritual weakness in high places. So, one more time, transcribe, I'll read this. You can add that about the Bible. Let me just read it, reread it. Let's just start over right here. The mechanics is, a, is about a system, not a people. These people in the system have seized the power to define, renaming and reinterpreting everything to their new standard with no regards to the past. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, spiritual wickedness, and high places. These people are influenced by those wickedness in high places, principalities, spiritual wickedness. Then the media must be controlled also to wash the minds of the subjects. White supremacy can only work when it goes unchallenged. When those in power, including non-white countries, determine it is in their best interest to promote primarily the ideas, culture, education of the West or predominantly white-controlled countries in the name of advancement. Let me just read this again. Okay, y'all bear with me, because some of this I'm writing as we go. I, I literally am writing as we go some of this. 
One more time. White supremacy can only be, can only work when it goes unchallenged. When those in power of any country, including no, non-white countries, determine it is in their best interest to promote the ideas of the and cultures of the West, the education of the West, for advancement, they are possibly sentencing their own people evil to this, this demise for many generations to come. This will no doubt breed youth that will know no better and establish as new adults. Oh, y'all bear with me here. Got a little type. Let me fix this real quick. Okay. This will no doubt breed youth that will know no better and establish as new adults so-called white thought as policy. This is what's happening all over Africa and, and in really India as well. Again, one more time, because that was powerful. This will no doubt breed youth, create youth, it's probably a better word, that will not know better and establish as new adults so-called white thought as policy. This means 92% so-called non-white people will in thought, speech, and action promote the idolatry and the evil of white supremacy. Folks, that is something right there. My, my, my. I want to also add to the whole mechanics. Give me a second here. What is often called normal or non-combative or regular is fear with white supremacy to later cause destruction, pain, and setback for millions. What I mean by that is oftentimes, and, and, and a transcriber, this is why we're going to say this, how we're going to do this. I'll, I'll, I'll end this with saying this, and I quote, for instance, when people wake up in the morning and just simply look at a newspaper, grab a cup of coffee, they're not trying to engage in racism or anything. They're being, as I just stated, as just stated, non-combative. They're being um, just normal. But by looking at a newspaper with your cup of coffee and just looking at the news, they are participating in racism. What I mean by that is this. When you look at the news, it's already poison against people of color. The media has gained control, of the rich people have gained control of the media. They own these media outlets and so forth. And what they're doing is promoting a certain narrative. And when we're sitting there looking at the news, we're participating in racism. It's a racist slant with newspapers and the media. So when you say, I don't participate in white supremacy, I'm not a white supremacy, you're looking at the very mouth, the very you're looking into the bowels of white supremacy when you sit down and listen to people tell you what they say is really going on. Because what they're doing, again, this is the mechanics of white supremacy. 
the end. When you're listening to the media in the morning when you first get up, you get that cup of coffee, you're reading the paper, it is very much ignoring a lot of great things about so-called African Americans. It goes unnoticed, the greatness we're doing. Oftentimes in certain aspects of the newspaper, like in lifestyles and so forth, when they talk about what's positive and great, they have white faces, white people having fun doing things, and those people for what they're doing. But there are black, so-called black people doing the same exact thing, and they're ignored. Paper after paper, week after week, year after year after year after year. So they're ignoring the greatness of black people, and oftentimes what some of us do that are not good, that are, are horrible, that's what make the newspapers. So foreigners come over here, for instance, I'll use them as an example. They'll look at that, and their first impression of black people after looking at the newspaper every day, every day, they have learned to hate us. A lot of whites who live in this country, they know better. Even though they see things in the paper, they know they have white, black friends, that are, you know, that are church going or whatever, whatever. But a lot of foreigners come over. They don't know all this. And they just read the paper and they deal with us. They read the paper and they deal with us. They look at the news, the local news, and they go to deal with us. If you do that, listen to me, brothers and sisters, especially foreigners. I cover this in my section on foreigners. They are some of the most racist people full of white supremacy. And when we say white supremacy, as Arlene said earlier, again, this is all in the mechanics, we're talking about on one side of the coin, whites saying they're better. Well, what are they better than? On the other side of the coin, blacks are inferior. Whites is superior in thought, speech, and deed or action or behavior. Any philosophy that says that, who are they superior over? So some of you, okay, they're, the other side of the coin say blacks are inferior. For every teaching that say whites are superior, there's teaching that say blacks are inferior. You can't say whites are superior. They're superior over what? Over black people. So a lot of black people listening on the sound of my voice, you may say, I don't still understand what you're saying, brother. You've been going all this time, and I still don't get it. How much do you preach that blacks are inferior? You may not ever say whites are superior. Some of y'all, as a rule, don't say that. You never even think that. But you oftentimes ridicule, put down, question, don't want to do business with, challenge, question so-called black people in business, so-called black scholars. When you see coming to the, uh, the, the presence of a black scholar or something, you have a lot of questions, a lot of doubt, reservations, because you have bought into black inferiority. So where do you think you get that from? See, so it's, it's one coin, two sides. There's teachers that say whites are superior, and there's other teachers that don't even say that. It just say blacks are inferior. Black people have problems. Black people got, you know, they're this, they're that, they're this negative stuff. So where does that come from? Come from. So anyway, again, this is difficult, y'all, to convey to y'all what I feel and see in my heart and spirit. 
and I'm trying to under the column of the mechanics of white supremacy. One coin, two sides. One side define the other. You can't have white supremacy unless you have its superior to something. If white neighborhoods are better, what is it better than? You have to put down the black neighborhoods. If white skin is better, what is it better than? So when you say anything, this is why I say humans are human. We're all the same. Again, this is why in this book we're going to also talk about um, white skin and the recessive trait of it. And that's this is the end of, of the mechanics. When I say this right, it's the final thing. The biggest mechanics as far as, and again, the name of this session, y'all bear with me. I'm writing and I'm thinking and I'm getting off course. It's okay, though. Again, the mechanics. This This is the portion that's going to go after the introduction. The mechanics, how white supremacy works in the everyday life. The final thing I want to say is this. The biggest way it works is you have to first adopt the concept, and I really want to say to transcribe, hopefully I ain't giving them a headache, is to put this comment at the very top. The way the white supremacy works in the lives of humans on the planet is first you have to acknowledge white being a legitimate class. That's how it works. If we ignore whites being a legitimate, a legitimate class, a legitimate uh, 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 grouping of people, if we see it for what it is, the lie that it is, the whole white empire collapses, Brother Kenwin. Collapses. It just have no strength. Once you acknowledge who these people are, Africans, and how they were lost pigmentation, like just in Africa today, and they begin to migrate to a climate that was more better for these albinos. Once you begin to see that and see how white skin first came on the scene, it was in Africa. There was no life in Europe in the beginning, what I'm talking about. When there's thousands of years in Africa and even in India and other places, there was no life in Europe. Europe is a baby. Those albinos begin to migrate there because it was better for their conditions. And I feel like the father really was forming them to be that people or that belt that he would use to chastise the whole world for turning away from them. When the Bible says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those that are not a people, this is who he was talking about. All of this goes in uh, under the mechanics uh, to the transcriber at the very beginning of the section that's called the mechanics, how white supremacy works in in your everyday life, you first have to have them a legitimate class. This must go at the top. You have to buy into the culture of whiteness being a legitimate class, a legitimate so-called race, which is an invention. I'll get into details later on that. So once you buy into they are white, we are black, now you're ready to set up the deception and then the rest of that that I had said earlier. Um, so that's for the mechanics. Now I want to get into Chapter 1. We have, um may not be able to get into Chapter 1, right at 15 minutes. So let me just say with Chapter 1, Chapter 1 is about, and I think what I'm going to do is just get final. We kind of got a little long-winded. That's okay. At least we got some things out of the way. Y'all got to hear the dedication. Y'all got to hear um, 
uh, how to read this book. Y'all got to read. Y'all got to hear the introduction. Y'all got to hear the mechanics. Y'all got to hear the preface. The, the question I asked everyone about the media. Uh, y'all got to hear quite a bit. So I, I don't think we got too all much off course. But next section, I think what, we, what we'll do is we'll do uh, chapter one. And uh, chapter one, we already started it. Uh, the first part of it was. Uh, what this work is and what this work isn't. And I think y'all can see um, that I'm not playing this ain't no little old antsy pantsy little writing on white space. This is serious. We're all practicing this thing, y'all. We all are. If you born in America, how are you better off than the white person next door to you? Just what I want to know. How, how are we different? We was in the same class. How did they learn something we didn't learn? How did they learn how to be racist? It's in us. Look at what happens when your wife, your girlfriend get mad at you. What kind of things she say. Look at what happens when brothers get upset. Because sometimes you don't know what's inside people until they really get angry. Now, we're thinking these thoughts in our head, but nobody knows what's in our head until we get angry. And we say, you ain't nobody, nigga. How do you say that? You never hear nobody white saying that. You never hear nobody white questioning uh, you never hear white people talking about their white skin, like you know, with your white self. You never hear them say that, not that they're the standard, because they will be white supremacy all over again. They're not the standard, but I'm trying to show you something. Brothers and sisters, we are white people. Notice I said we. We are learning to break out of it. This book is going to help us break out of it. But, Brother Seth, I'm writing this book, and I'm telling you right now, if I see white supremacy in my life, believe me, it's in yours. I'm not trying to convince you of something that's not there. Just listen and just say, Father, examine me. Am I, is this in me? Because it's, it's going to cause problems. Brother Seth, why are you feeling the need to do this? It's going to cause problems. It's sin, it's idolatry, it's a false standard. Anytime there's a lie in your life, lies come to steal, kill, and destroy. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna grow as a human being, as an adult, uh, in a deform you're gonna be deformed. You gotta look at women right. You gotta look you're not gonna look at your black skin right, especially if you're very dark. You're not gonna look at yourself right. You're gonna be you're gonna be thinking crazy things. You don't look at white people in a way you shouldn't look at. White people going to feel a certain way about themselves that are not right. They're going to be too high on the hall, high, high on the horse. They're going to be too, they're going to think too high of themselves than they should. And that's going to create tension and problems when they go to relate to so-called non-white people. There's going to be pain. It's going to cause tears. Tears are going to fall down your eyes or you're going to be hurt. Whites Notice Arlene read it earlier in the book. One of the chapters is how white supremacy harm white people. They have white privilege, yes, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot of pain that comes from white supremacy to white, so-called white people. This invention of whiteness, like I said on my book cover, is no joke. So, I want to just go over real quickly chapter one, what's to come next week. And um, y'all, don't miss this. It's serious. Chapter one, we get into something called the Expo 30. My, my, my. Some of y'all that's been tuned to the Five Sons Network over the years know what Expo 30 is. Others do not. But this is where I go into the 30 areas of life. 
where uh, you cannot hide. You'll see that we're at the bottom of every single aspect of life, areas such as history, education, religion, uh, and social area of life where we're at the bottom. Uh, white supremacy in every tiny aspect of life, and these are the areas, again, history, education, religion, socially, health and medicine. I mean, I go into white supremacy in every one of these areas, how we're at the bottom with regards to science and technology, housing and zoning, images, advertising. If you could even hear, if you was deaf and couldn't hear a word, seeing white supremacy with regards to just images, just close your Stop up your ears and just go into the store. Look at the magazine rack. Look at what the magazine images, the cover pages is saying about black people. Just with your ears. Stop. Can't even hear. Images. It's, it's crazy. Environment. Lead poisoning. How? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, this, this, every area, y'all, is saturated. And I'm not trying to break your heart, but this is one thing that I warn you. When you just expo there, you will have no question in your mind. For those of you who say, oh, I don't understand what you're doing, brother. The level field is level. The, the playing field is level. Y'all have a chance. Black people get an education. What are you saying? There ain't no problem no more. Forget all this race stuff. Expo 30 is for you. Because when you hear the Expo 30, you're going to say, oh, wow, wow, why is that? Wow, why is that? Wow, how can that be? Wow. Every tiny aspect of life, we are at the bottom. Why is that? How can a society be so cruel? What What's going on if that's the case with regards to image and advertising, environment, laws, rules, bylaws, customs, the way we do things, laws and judicial, law enforcement, correction and rehab, the prison system, when you mess up, the correction process, foreign policy, what what we do in other countries, my God, my God, what we do, foreign policy, the policy set for the countries, you will see white supremacy in that. It's like nobody else is human but Americans. We go into all these countries, we just take over there because we do we want to do there. Foreign affairs, one thing to set a policy that's racist, another thing, sometimes the policy is decent, but what we actually do in other countries, oh, my God. It's crazy. What we do to other countries, non-white countries, so-called white countries do to non-white countries, you will see Satan in that for real. Policies in, in, in uh, civil, self-esteem, community awareness, agriculture, sexuality is a killer. That's going to break. That, I guarantee you that's going to get a whole lot of people. They ain't going to say nothing. Nobody ain't going to sit in. I don't expect none of my co-hosts or callers or anybody to admit that one. But it's a whole lot of secret things where sex is concerned. It's warped. It's sick. And, I mean, that's a whole other topic. Entertainment, defense, military, family, fashion and beauty, government, news, statistics. Like the census, economically where it regards to labor, economically where it regards to money, loans, grants, contract discounts, debt forgiveness, racist, racism, economics where it regards where it regards to products and quality, economics where it regards to education, economics, economics, economics. That's what's coming your way. Expo Theory is probably going to take up the whole show. History. I already talked about history, um, and then so chapter two. Uh, we may get into it, I doubt it, because Expo 30 is going to take up the whole show next week where we go into uh, racism and all those areas. And then institution, uh, uh, Chapter 2, 
is institutional racism in the church, formal education, culture, media, etc. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of the table of contents, but I just promise you, Chapter 1 is probably going to take up the next show. We may get into a little of Chapter 2. All right? But Chapter 3, um, if we remember get a everybody, to, this is going to talk about so-called whites, Dixon's of white supremacy, show. a doctrine that's probably going to come on the third show. And then we talk about foreigners. Chapter 4, foreigners as victims of white supremacy. Uh, chapter 5, so-called African-Americans, we leave us last because everybody thinks we're first. We're the most affected. I like to leave us last. Chapter 5, we talk about African-Americans being victims of white supremacy last because folks already know, have a Ph.D. degree about how it's affecting African-Americans. What people don't know is about how white supremacy affects so-called white people. That's going to erase some eyebrows, especially with white people. And then Chapter 6, uh, then these are just future shows to come. How genuine good humans can believe evil lies and become like devils. Chapter 7 talks about solutions for victims of white supremacy. And then we conclude. Uh, we have a conclusion. And so, and then references the appendix and uh, index. Going to go to the phone lines, get final comments from, uh, we'll let Brother Kenwin go first and Pastor, I mean, uh, Minister Priscilla Porsche go uh, last. Brother Kenwin, you got like a couple of minutes, brother. What do you think of what you've heard? Uh, I'll go ahead and give you the three-minute standard. Uh, okay, starting right now. Go ahead and just give us on the synopsis of what you've heard tonight, please. Brother Kenwin, your line is, maybe I can open up his line. Let me open up his line, brothers and sisters. Okay, Brother Kenwin, your line is open. Uh, we'd like to know what you have to Say about what you've heard so far. Okay. I don't know what's going on, Brother Kenwin. Let's go to Brother Purcell lines. We'll wait on Brother Kenwin to respond. Brother Purcell, uh, in final words, please. All right, Seth. <clears throat> don't scare me like that, y'all, with these delays. Go ahead. Any final deep. comments, Brother, please? Stuff is deep, man. Um, like I said, I was totally oblivious to any of this stuff and until you uh until you brought it to my attention and you shine light on it. Um, I like how you was talking about if the white neighborhood is better, what is it better than? You know, and uh so on and so forth. And what really what it made me think about was America great again. And there was never a clear distinction as to what made America great in the first place. You know, so um, it's a lot of murky water as it relates to this white supremacy thing. It's a lot of, um, a lot of truth. You can see a lot of truth. It's a lot of truth in it. Um, it's definitely uh, a giant, if you will, uncontested, because it's gone on for so long. Um, we've, we've accepted the, the white Jesus, you know, and it's just so many things, man, that have gotten swept up under the rug. Um, the inventions that were created by blacks that 
people only secretly know about. Just, just so many things, man. Like I said, it's deep. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the book, Seth. Uh, not necessarily something that I'll get uh, riled up about, but it's a tre- intriguing enough to actually want to want to walk it out. You know, so again, I'm excited about the book, man. I'm excited about Five Stone Stones Network. People follow Five Stone Stones Network, man. I need to follow Five Stone Stones Network. It's some meaty stuff and some weighty, weighty material that comes across this network. Um, follow us, follow us, call in, uh, tell somebody, tell everybody. As a matter of fact about the Five Smooth Stones Network. Um, it's your boy, uh, Ambassador Purcell Lindell Porsche, all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio, Salt Life Kingdom Ministries. Um, I love you. As I tell you every week, there's not a thing you can do about it. But that's my time. Brother. <laughs> Sorry about that. I couldn't stop it. Wow. Well, Purcell, listen, man, we know you love us. And I will, again, repeat what he say, what I say so often. We do love every single one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. This is a love network, brothers and sisters. We're not trying to piss off white people. We're trying to redeem all people, starting with ourselves first. Okay. I tell people all the time I'm a hypocrite, okay, because everything I preach, I, I don't live because I try to preach the whole Bible. But um, I want hypocrite that is really trying, and, and if you know me, you know my heart. I love all people, and I'm really trying my best to please the most high. I don't know when the Father's going to call me home, and none of us know. And I want to be in a position to where when I, if I'm killed or uh, uh, martyred, Whatever the the Father has for me, I'm not claiming that. I'm just saying if I am, of course, I'll be a part of that first resurrection. Uh, but I just want to, my life to uh, be the Father's will. And, y'all, I'll kid you not, we belong to those people. I'm not going to say I belong. I'm not going to say you belong because I don't know your personal walk. Uh, I try my best to obey the Holy Spirit, and so I think I'm breaking out of it. I think I'm better than I was. Every year I'm better. Um, but I still see this, this germ all throughout my thinking. But the Father has showed me, like I said, we try to live by the Holy Spirit, Purcell. And if we can't, we uh, while you're uh, learning to be led of the Spirit, listen to other people on the earth. Tune into other networks. Tune into other thought patterns of thought. Tune into other colleges. Listen to to people in Cameroon. Listen to 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 the indigenous voices. Don't listen to Africans that's trying to break up. That's trying to break their neck to get over to America. Listen to Africa that won't step foot in America. Listen to Indians that don't want to come to America. Look, listen to listen to people that love where they're at. Listen to people that love their own country. Listen to people that love their own selves. Listen to people that even hate America. Now, I'm not talking about that hate people. I'm saying they hate American culture. Listen to them. 
listen to them, buy their books. People that hate America, that speak against America, listen to me that call themselves communists. Why not? What makes you think democracy is the way? That's right there is white supremacy. We've been brainwashed to think the democratic way is the way. Not necessarily. The, the, the heavens don't operate on a vote. The heavens, the closest to, to the earthly government like the heaven is a dictatorship. There's only one person calling the shots. And that's the most high. So nothing wrong with dictatorship if you have a leader that's God feel or fear the most high y'all. Nothing wrong with that. Be careful endorsing democracy, especially if most, most of your people are perverted. If most of your people are perverted, that's the last thing you want to do is vote. That's why we got in the situation we're in with the homosexual community and so forth, because we have a perverted society. So you don't want to have a Democrat, Democrat, a democratic society. Brother Kenwin, last call, Brother Kenwin. Okay, I think something happened with this line. You know, folks, after you hang up after 10, you can't get back. But anyway, I've really enjoyed this. I know I've been doing a lot of talking, but brothers and sisters, I'm not playing. This is so serious, so serious. This is idolatry. This is an evil. This will rob you of your very essence as a human being to just give up your own mind and allow somebody else to dictate everything in the world to you, to redefine, like I was saying in the mechanics, redefine, rename everything and have no regards of the past. It reminds me of scripture that say, uh, 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 oh, what is the scripture that says, surely our fathers have inherited nothing but lies, deception, and things of which there is no profit. The scripture says the Gentiles will come from the entire, at the end, at the end of time, the Gentiles are going to come and say, surely our fathers have inherited nothing but lies, deception, and things of which there is no profit. That is your Bible. Again, that is your Bible. When the Gentiles pretty much admit to what I'm saying, surely our fathers have inherited nothing but lies, deception, and things of which there is no profit. This is what the folks going to say, brothers and sisters. This is what these people are going to say about their culture, and that's all this book is saying. They are about nothing. I'm talking about white supremacy, not necessarily white people. That's Jeremiah 16 and 19. Jeremiah 16 and 19. Surely our fathers have inherited nothing but lies, deception, and thing of which there is no profit. They truly, uh, oh, uh, talking about whites. Hold on, that's not the scripture. I want to find that for y'all before I hang up. Let me just find that for you. The devil is a liar. Again, I, 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 I appreciate those of you that have listened to the show intensely, uh, searching your heart, trying to see if uh, uh, you of uh, uh, this. Okay, yes, I did get it right. Jeremiah 16 and 19. Again, surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things of which there is no profit. Again, Jeremiah 16:19. The Gentiles shall come, 
unto thee from the ends of the earth, and they will say, Surely our fathers have inherited nothing but lies. That's all America's full of lies, vanity, and things where is there is things wherein there is no profit. This country, America, is set up on vanity. Just stuff wasting your time, wasting your life, standards and, and definitions of things straight from Satan. There is no real substance to Americanism. I'm sorry, I know I'm categorizing a whole lot here at the end of the show, but I'm just letting y'all know a lot of this stuff is just white supremacy. It is it, it is no better than any other country. All right? The world is in need of the most high y'all. Okay, not just America. The world is, but at least you need to listen to other voices outside of just white people. I know I'm talking a lot, brothers and sisters, but it's a lot on my head. All right? I want to go out with a song, and I do want to thank you again for your time. Um, my goodness, I haven't scratched the surface. I feel like I have just haven't scratched the surface. But, again, you've heard me, and you know that a lot of that hits y'all right in the heart because you know you're practicing some of that. Again, I love every single one of you, like Purcell saying, there's nothing you can do about it. We'll see you on next uh, next Tuesday where we go get into Chapter 1 tomorrow. Excuse me, on Thursday, Purcell is going to be back, uh, and Purcell and I is going to be doing a show with the McCrays, and McCrays are coming back for a part three dinner with uh, angels and demons and spiritual warfare. That's Thursday. Don't miss the show. We have the McCrays in the house. Good night. Everybody.